When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatton rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Here it is, fight fans, another episode for your BTR Boxing Podcast with me, your host, Sean Basto. And as always, I'm joined by Johnston Brown, and it's the Big Fight Weekend preview. Today, we're going to be talking about Alexander Gudvik versus Arthur Baturbiev, plus the big bill up in Newcastle with Robbie Davis Jr. taking on Lewis Ritson, with Ted Cheeseman taking on Scott Fitzgerald. It's sure to be another great weekend of boxing. But before we get into the episode, as always, please go and follow us on social media at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter and BTR Boxing Podcast on Facebook. If you've not already subscribed to the podcast, you can do so by checking us out on Apple Podcasts. Please rate, review and subscribe. Let us know what your thoughts are in all the latest episode and series that we run. If you're an Android user, of course, you can go and find us in any available podcasting app, which is CastBox. Podbean, Stitcher, Spreaker, Player FM, even Spotify as well. Find us on there, follow us, let us know what your thoughts are on all the episodes that we're doing. So, let's get into it then. Big fight weekend. Let's start off then, Johnston, with Gerdvik versus Baturviev in what is a fantastic mouthwatering light heavyweight clash for the IBF and WBC titles. But as yet, no UK broadcaster has picked this fight up. What the hell's going on? Well, that's a turn up for the books because I'm shocked that this hasn't been picked up by a British broadcaster. Um, for me, this this is a mouth-watering fight, an absolute belter. Um, and and I'm shocked, to be honest with you, um, unless there's a last-minute thing sort of towards, as we as we approach the weekend, which I would would su- suspect that to happen. Um, you know, would be most think most of us would be streaming this fight, which is a shame. Yeah, it's a shame this, isn't it? Like, at the moment, as it stands, it's, it's showing in the USA on ESPN, but 
Nobody's picking it up. Box Nation, you know, they sometimes pick up these fights. Uh, nobody. And Sky Sports, I mean, unless, like we say, we're recording this on, on the Wednesday and it's going out on the Wednesday night. So unless late Wednesday night, Thursday, Friday, the, the UK broadcaster picks it up as it stands, there isn't one. And that'd be a crying shame, to be honest with you, you know, if there's no UK broadcaster pick this fight up, because this is an fantastic fight two undefeated light heavyweight champions going in against each other two undefeated light heavyweight champions with such a great amateur pedigree with a lot of knockouts on the record surely this is this is going to be a cracking fight and you know as the record suggests this could this could be an early night for either man yep absolutely and i I can't agree with you more i mean when i want found out this fight was was being made um i, I can't lie I, I was i was over the moon with, with it to be honest um uh, and we're talking about two guys that you know arguably one and two in a division um and and you know obviously we've got Kovlev still in there and he looks like he's fighting canelo but you know whoever wins it i can't see i wouldn't want if canelo does get past Kovlev, i don't think he'd be <laughs> wanting to jump in the, in the ring with one of these two let's be honest um they're they're very tough east uh, the beast from the east, basically, um, and uh, yeah, we, I, I'm shocked. I, I mean, as I say, I, I've, I just assumed one of them would have it, whether it be Sky or BT or one of them, but um, obviously not. But you know, end of the day, um, you know, what a great fight! It's math water in it, really is, and and I can't wait for it. Really, I'm really excited about it. It's going to be good. I mean, I've I've looked at both of these guys' career over the past couple of years. You know, most notably for UK fans, they'll have seen Baturbiev in a great fight with Callum Johnson in October last year. Where Callum Johnson obviously hurt Baturbiev, uh, and Callum Johnson eventually went on to get stopped. But it was a cracking fight. Uh, and since he's come back and beat uh, Kalodzvich, I think we pronounce it. Uh, so he's beat Kalodzvich earlier this year, and now he's obviously going in and defending his title and trying to win the WBC title against Gerd who again is another great fighter trained by Teddy Atlas he's obviously made his ascension through the light heavyweight ranks over in America but he has had some good building fights he's had Chalemba on his record he's had Tommy Capenzi on his record Najib Mamide so he's had some great resume builders on his record and now his biggest fight was Adonis Stevenson and we all know how that fight went down that was a, a great fight and Gerdvik obviously got the win and you know unfortunately Stevenson got a bleed on the brain afterwards but has seemingly recovered which is good news and then his last fight was against Dodo and Goombu who you know I can't say I've, I'd, I'd heard of that fighter at the time this happened but it was 38 and 8 and it was another stoppage for Gerdvik so you know the record suggests that this is going to be a, fight, a gunfight at the OK Corral. This is going to be a great fight, and I'm genuinely excited for it. And I'll be honest, I, I really can't lean towards who's going to win this fight. Uh, I'm with you. You look at their resumes. I mean, you know, as you said, Gerdvik obviously beating Adonis Stevenson uh, behind on the scorecards and finishes him off in the 11th round. Um, at moments in that fight where Stevenson was on top, so that's going to... That's gonna, you know, he's going to help him going forward. Um, you know, to be fair to Stevenson, he had a, he was fighting really well, um, and in the end, obviously, Govic done what to do. And then, obviously, the, as you mentioned, the other fight with uh, Nagongbu, uh, Nagombu, however you want to pronounce his name, he ended up retiring in the fifth round with a calf injury. So, you know, it, saying that, and you look at um, uh, Arta, um, and now you, 
there, there's been a bit of lack of um, activity for him sort of in between 2017 and 2018 and, and it was only sort of recently that I looked into him to find out why he wasn't as busy and it was basically a contractual dispute with his uh, former promoter which was um, GYM um, I'm guessing I, you know, I don't know too much about him but um, there are a few fighters under him sort of in and around sort of Russians and whatever uh, and I think even a few of the Cubans or Colombians etc but um don't know too much about them I know they're pretty good uh, promoter companies I'm not quite sure what happened um, obviously he's now moved to top rank in, since March and now uh, this is why this fight's happening which is brilliant and as you mentioned uh um, the Callum Johnson fight, what a fight that was. It was just, it was a great, great scrap for the four rounds it lasted. And he got put down hard. Um, and uh, the other guy, I'm not going to try and pronounce his name, but yeah, he, uh, he was a bit unorthodox, the fellow. And uh, he, he, he failed to really do cause um, Arthur any, any trouble at all. So, I mean, this fight, I mean, they've both got power. You know, I, I'll give, uh, is it Better Beef? I always, I'll call him Better Beef. Better Beef. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's got the advantage because, you know, he holds a 100% carry record. I mean, they both can bang, let's be honest. Um, Govnik, Govdik, uh, however you pronounce his name, I'm going to call him Alexander because I'll murder people's <laughs> names. Um, technically, I think he's a bit better. Um, he's a bit taller. Got, he's taller, he's got, he's got a longer reach. Um, albeit, um, <laughs> I mean, they've both got solid jabs. Um I think Alexander's going to be looking to um, to throw that straight right, which which is uh, a big that big right hand is massive for him and um, Arthur, but he's got the hooks, so I really can't call it. I mean, from what I've seen of them both, I think they've they've both impressed me and. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Sean. I'm a bit stuck. I'm stuck on the fence here, and uh, I suppose we've got a call. Well, I don't know. I'll let you go first, mate. Uh, it's, it's hard, isn't it? It's a hard one. I mean, I don't know who to lean towards. I just know that, based on what I've seen of both men so far, I think I'm going to lean to anybody. I'm going to lean to Paterbiev. And I think the reason I'm going to lean to Paterbiev is he's just got this concussive punch power in both of his hands. And we've seen Callum Johnson has got a chin and a half. He really has. But Paterbiev made him look like he had, a, he had a glass jaw, and he hasn't. And for him to be able to have done that to Callum Johnson and then be able to knock out the majority of the opponents he's been in the ring with. I think, in fact, I think he's pretty much stopped all of the opponents about one retirement, uh, one corner retirement, I think, was one of his earlier fights. So for him to have knocked most of his opponents out kind of says to you that, you know, this is going to be a very interesting fight and it's going to be about whether Gerdved can, can, can box uh, and use his, obviously, punch power when he needs to use it and, and pick his punches. It's, it's a really difficult fight to call, to be honest with you. But I do feel... My opinion, Baturbiev's going to take this, and I think he's going to stop Gerdvik. I really do. I can't really predict what round it's going to be in, but I'm saying within six rounds, this fight's going to be over, and I'm going to say Baturbiev's going to get the stoppage. I'm not going to say a particular round. I just think within six, it's going to be over, and I think Baturbiev's going to win it. Well, um, yeah, I, I mean, I've, I was watching them both last night, actually, uh, in a couple of their fights, and... And I think Gutierrez, he, he's got, he's a bit more precise with his shots. He doesn't really waste too much. Um, and as I say, we'll look for that right hand. But watching that Stevenson fight again, and um, I did recap on it when it happened at the time, and I sort of had a brief look again yesterday. And, and as I say, Stevenson did cause him some trouble. Um, Gutierrez, on the other hand, I mean, he, as I say, I mean, Callum Johnson, he, he knocked him down. Um, 
but the the power is just real, isn't it? I mean, he ain't a, he ain't got a hundred percent knockout ratio for nothing, and he's also accurate. He's also got a good jab, and and he throws a good. He's got the power in both hands. He's patient with his approach, um, and I think because of that, I think that looking at sort of you know you got to look at what they've what they've done. Um, also, you know, in the amateurs back in two thousand nine, they did fight. They did fight in an in an amateur tournament in Turkey, and Baterviev did stop uh, Gudvik in two, but. Gerdvik said he had a broken nose. So, <laughs> and no, 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 you know, 2009 is 10 years ago. You know, it's a long time ago and you know, lots happened since then. But I'm sort of leaning with you here. I'm, I'm not, I should read that against you <laughs> rather than just agree with you, Sean. But um, I do think Baterviev, I think eventually he's going to get to him and I think he's going to stop him. I don't know when. I'm, I reckon a bit late. Um, but I'm going to go with Baterviev to win as well. Interesting. So let's switch it back over to the UK then. That's happening on Friday night, on Saturday night. The biggest bill going on in the UK is obviously the bill in Newcastle, at the Newcastle Arena, and it's going to be Lewis Ritson taking on Robbie Davies Jr., which is going to be a brilliant fight. They're billing it as bad blood, and we've seen when they shared the bill earlier on this year, the, the, the shit that was going on behind the scenes. You know, you know, some some people will say it's all for the cameras, I think it's a little bit of needle between the two of them. A bit of competitive needle. They're both 19-1. and one. They've both suffered defeat in their careers. Uh, there's no titles on the line, interestingly enough, in this one. Obviously, Robbie Davis Jr., uh, as we know, he actually currently held the, the European and the British Super Lightweight title. So uh, that's not happening. For, for I'm not too sure what the reasoning is behind that. I'm sure someone will be able to go out there and, and let us know or, or let the social media guys know what's going on there. But I know that that's not happening. I know it's a domestic class with no titles on the line, uh, which is a little bit disappointing, of course. But, you know, this is a great fight between the two of them. And I think the the winner of this particular fight really propels himself on. I mean, Robbie Davis Jr., I think he's at the point where, you know, he's won the European, he's won the Commonwealth, he's won the British. What's next? Well, he's got to push himself for the Worlds. So he could of skip this fight quite easily he didn't need to take this fight at all and we have spoke about this before in previous episodes and it's a risk and it's a potential banana skin for him but he feels like it's it's one that needs to be it needs to be done it needs to be out of the way there needs to be this sort of lingering doubt that seems to be in the mind and obviously money talks as well and and, and obviously Eddie Hearn is obviously put up a, a good sum of money for for the two fighters to compete in this one and for Lewis Ritson it's it's a way to propel himself back in to, to, to the European contention because obviously his only defeat were, was losing to Patera down in the lightweight division for the European title. So that was like a little bit of a step too far for him at lightweight. And now he's moved up. You know, obviously the, the weight must be more comfortable for him at super lightweight. Can he propel himself back in by beating Robbie Davis Jr.? Well, to me, he can. But it's an absolute mouthwatering clash. Again, another cracking fight this weekend. Uh, it really is another great card. Uh, I mean, it, it, I mean, we're obviously going to move on to the next fight as well. But you've got two even fights on this card, very even fights. Um, and this one again is, you know, there's a bit of obviously build bad blood. There was a bit of bad blood. I do think there was a bit of need. I think you're right. I think um, that there's, there tends to be something there. Um, I mean, I can't remember what card it was. It was was it a Liverpool card that you, uh, you we, we spoke about it briefly, didn't we? And we said that they were both on the same card and. 
was a little bit of needle. There was something going on on social media, and I, and I felt I, I think you picked up on it quite quickly, Sean. You actually called it and said that I think these two are going to be fighting each other next, and you was bang on, mate. And uh, it was it was quite fun, wasn't it, on the night when they when they were both on the same card. Um, it was Echo Arena, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, look, again. I sort of lean towards Robbie Davis Jr. again, but I, I just think he's a bit technically better um, than Lewis Ritson, although Ritson, you know, we haven't seen too much at super lightweight. Is he going to have that power? Um, he hasn't shown his last two fights. I think he stopped one, didn't he? Uh, by Tico, it was really a no one, uh, like one of the Mexican cab drivers or whatever that Nigel Penn used to call them. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think Robbie Davis Jr. should probably be on the world stage. He's done what he needed to do domestically, European, Commonwealth. You know, he's done that. He should be looking at world stage. And obviously, this fight's come up. Um, he didn't need to take it. He's taken it, and it's a dangerous one. And to his credit, he's taken the fight. Obviously, he's been offered a nice lump lump of money. Um, but, you know, Ritson is dangerous. You know, he can bang. Uh, and he, he's, he's got better. He's got technically better. I've seen in the last sort of few months. So again, it's a really tight one to call. Um, I can't call it, and, it, and it, it, I will obviously. I'll, I'll make my prediction, but um, yeah, I'm just again, I'm, it's mouthful, and I'm really excited to see this fight. So, in terms of calling this fight, then it, I, I, again, it's another one. I, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be as objective as I possibly can here. Uh, you, you made it right in saying that I think Robbie Davis Jr. technically is better. Uh, Lewis Ritson kind of shown us that he was. A little bit of a one-trick pony in the lightweight division. He was blowing for opponents, and then when he got to somebody who he couldn't blow away and blow out of the ring, you know, with all that aggressive pressure and and, and constant sort of walking forward through shots, when Patera was able to outbox him, that kind of shown as the blueprint to beat Lewis Ritson. And I think Robbie Davis Jr. has the skills and ability to do that. However, if Lewis Ritson catches Robbie Davis Jr., I think he could go down. I think he could get him and go down. Robbie Davis Jr. obviously had that one loss on his record, which he did avenge. And when he lost that fight, you know, he got caught cold. And Lewis Ritson's the type of guy that, that can catch your code with the, fr- the shots that he throws from certain angles. He only takes one overhand right or, or one shot from the hip that he throws. And, and all of a sudden, the fight's turned on its head. And it's hard for me to give a prediction. However, I'm going to commit myself to, to a prediction and say that I think Robbie Davis Jr. has improved in his last three fights. I think his skill level is above Lewis Ritson's. And I think he can make this an easy night for himself and box his way to a unanimous decision. And that's how I see this fight going down. I think Robbie Davis Jr. will beat him, but he'll beat him on points. And I think there'll be a few rocky moments throughout the fight. I think he, he might get caught once or twice, but I think he'll this time he'll have the experience to get through that and weather the storm and go on to get the victory. Because if he beats Ritson like this now... You know, he's ticked that box of having that big fight domestically. And then he can move on and he can push for the world level. And if Ritson loses this, then it's not the end of the world for him. But he's got a little bit of a way to go to get back up the pecking order. So, for me, Johnson, Robbie Davis Jr. wins this unanimous decision. Just before we move on in the episode, I want to take a moment to give a shout-out to the sponsors for BTR Boxing Podcast, Bear Attack Boxing. You hear me talk about them in every single episode and there's a reason behind that. It's because they're producing high quality boxing gloves and equipment to everybody's suitable needs. And currently sponsoring Ryan Charles, Lewis Smith. They've been endorsed by Tyrone McKenna, Tommy McCarthy and his recent win makes it even more prevalent for Bear Attack Boxing. Now, as a loyal customer... 
to Bear Attack Boxing. And as a loyal listener to BTR Boxing Podcast, you can get 10% off your basket. To do that, all you've got to do is go to the checkout, put in BTR10, and there's your 10%. Brilliant products at brilliant prices. So get over there at www.bearattackboxing.co.uk. If you want to follow them, see all the latest updates and products, you can do. They're on social media. Search Bear Attack Boxing or At Attack Boxing. You will find them on social media to get all the latest updates on what they're doing. Now, let's get back into the Big Fight Preview episode. Yeah, I, I, I'm sort of. I, I've been thinking about it today, the last few days, and, and sort of how this is going to try, how this is going to pan out. Um, and I do think, you know, Patera. He, he, let's be honest, he was he was good that night, um, and he made Ritson look ordinary. Um, I, I did get sort of swallowed up in the hype around Ritson, and I did find myself believing that this guy's going to be uh, sensational. I just thought he just had this power, and and he does. But I just think if you're clever enough and you're smart enough and you're a decent enough boxer. You can keep out of the way of those shots, and and you can actually make him look pretty ordinary, and that's what Patera did. And obviously, Davis Junior has got those abilities; he could quite easily do that. Um, as you've gone for Davis Junior, though, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Ritson. I, I think it, let's make it a little bit more interesting. Um, it, it's it's one of them. Literally, if Ritson does catch Davis Junior, I think he could stop him. I think he's gonna he could cause him a world of trouble if he does, and it will be if Davis Junior decides. He's going to box him at range and he's going to be clever and smart uh, for 12 rounds. Um, then this fight will be his for the taking quite easily. I do think he he could maybe get a little bit comfortable in there. And I think Ritson may get a little bit frustrated. But I'm going to go for Ritson to catch him a one. He's going to change his fight. And I think he will... Uh, I'm going to go r- very close, split decision, Ritson or a knockout. But I'm going to, I'm going to go Ritson knockout late on. Well, it's good. It's good that you've gone for that. And, you know, I was thinking the same thing a little bit earlier today. I was thinking, you know, Ritson's only got to catch Robbie Davis Jr. And I think that could change the course of the fight. And I have said it today, but I just think Robbie Davis Jr.'s improved. So that's why I've gone for that and you've gone for your pick. And that's great. And the next fight on the card, another great fight. British super welterweight title on the line. Scott Fitzgerald going in and challenging for the super welterweight title against Ted Cheeseman, which is another interesting fight. But this fight is slightly different than the Ritz and Robbie Davis Jr. fight because you've got two fighters here who will stand toe-to-toe in the middle of the ring, giving us that cliche phone box fight. And that is exactly how I see this going down. I see these two standing and trading off. I think it's, it's what they're both good at. And it's a case of who's better at it than the other. Ted Cheeseman, again, we, we've seen him in a similar situation to, to Lewis Ritson when he stepped up to that European level against Sergio Garcia in February of this year. He lost and he got outboxed and that style that he has isn't going to always work against these slick opponents. But now he's got this fight with Scott Fitzgerald and, like I said earlier, a fight in a phone box. But then you look at his last fight for Ted Cheeseman against Kieran Conway, and that was a very close fight. It was a split decision. It was a draw. So, for me, I think this fight is going to go the way I expect it to in terms of it's going to be all action all the way through the fight. But given my early prediction on this, I think I honestly think Scott Fitzgerald's just got a little bit more in the locker than what Ted Cheeseman has. And I say that with the greatest of respect. I just feel like when he fought Fowler earlier on this year, 
he's shown me something that I'd not seen before from him. All I'd seen before from Scott Fitzgerald was was him going in there with journeymen or, or, or former great fighters who are still fighting. And you can't always gauge how the fighter is going to end up being until they step up that level. And he stepped up against fellow undefeated opponent, Anthony Fowler. And, and the way he he sort of handled Fowler, who, who again has got a similar style to Ted Cheeseman, the way you managed to handle him throughout the fight and then hurt him and, and, and drop him later on in the fight, to me, he kind of said that he had that little bit extra in the locker that Fowler didn't have. And I think the last two fights of Ted Cheeseman's have uh, exposed him a little bit for what he he is, which is this one style, all action, tries to get on your chest, will take shots to get on the inside. And I think if he tries to do that against Scott Fitzgerald, Scott Fitzgerald's going to be there waiting for him. But I think he was a bit more effective in terms of getting in the pocket and getting out of the pocket. And that's how I think it'll go down. And that's why I think Scott Fitzgerald's going to win. I don't see a stoppage in this fight, to be honest with you. These two could probably go 24 rounds at that same pace. And I think what will eventually happen is you'll see Scott Fitzgerald probably get something like a 116-112 unanimous decision or... You know, you know, we know what boxing's like. Maybe one judge will give it to Cheeseman, but I do expect Scott Fitzgerald to be to be winning this one and winning the British Super Welterweight title as well. Which, you know, that's, that's fantastic for Scott Fitzgerald. That puts him on the next level to move up to that European level. So, what do you think about this fight and how this fight goes down and the winner as well? Well, I'll, I'll, again, when this fight was made, uh, I was I was I was really happy about it. I, you know. I, I wasn't sure whether um, Scott Fitzgerald would take it. I think I think what it was looking like is going to have to fail a rematch. Um, I'm glad it didn't because I, I think Ted Cheeseman proved himself. He was sort of ahead of the both of them early stages. Sort of last year, I put Cheeseman ahead of both of them, um, and since then it, it, they've they've pulled neck and neck with him. Uh, since the Sergio Garcia fight, Cheeseman he has been exposed, um, and you know he was in a, he was waving a. It was it was fine basically, um, and it was looking like he he may do the business. And then he looked one-dimensional against Sergio Garcia, who is a very good fighter, by the way. Um, and I think um, that is already he's showing that Garcia. I think he is a class act, um, and uh, and he proved how good he was on the night. And Cheeseman's a young lad, um, and I think he just got carried away with the hype surrounding him and he felt that he had the power that could just get rid of anyone um, and outbox him if he needed to and, and it wasn't the case um, the Kieran Conway fight I did see that and I did see it again um, I feel that Cheeseman won the fight I thought we won it by a couple of rounds and I thought Conway got away with one um, I think um, that should have been a win for him but you know end of the day is a draw um, it is what it is um, it, it just it just seems like Cheeseman's on a bit of a downward spiral as Fitzgerald is uh, riding this wave, and he, you know, since that foul and win, that's gonna he's gonna be, you know, it, it, he's gonna be so hyped and ready. And and I'm not saying Cheeseman won't be. I just think Scott Fitzgerald is, he's going a different direction in a way to Cheeseman. Maybe they've met in the middle. Maybe this is just the perfect time for the both of them to have a fight. And who knows? It, again, it could go either way. They are gonna be attacking fighters, and and I'm gonna, you know, I'm. Cheeseman, I've, I've watched him from literally almost from his very first fight, um, and I've kept an eye on him. He's a Bermondsey boy, you know. He's a Millwall fan, um, so you know he's been down a den. So I've kept a close eye on Cheeseman. Scott Fitzgerald on the other, not so much. Only sort of towards the end, I see bits and bobs of him, and obviously the foul fight, he put in a fantastic performance. But I just think Cheeseman, I think with someone that's going to stand toe to toe with him, I know Conway was quite similar. I think he's 
he's looked. He will look at that Conway fight and he will say, right, Scott Fitzgerald's going to be bringing a similar thing, although Fitzgerald's obviously a bit more of a slick operator and he, he, he will do different stuff in, in the ring and he will cause Cheeseman problems. I think Cheeseman will get the edge on him. I do. I, think he, I don't think either of them are going to get knocked out or anyone's going to get stopped. I can see a couple of knockdowns in the fight, though, whether it be little flash knockdowns, maybe someone off balance, because they're going to go for broke. And, you know, when... Sometimes you're going to be standing a bit square at times um, and maybe get caught with one and someone will go down. I'm going to go for Fitzgerald to go down and I think Cheeseman is going to win this fight on points. Interesting. So let's go for the card then. Let's go for the rest of this card. It's actually made up with a lot of prospects uh, and a couple of prospects from up that neck of the woods. We've got Joseph Laws making his eighth professional bout. Savannah Marshall obviously recently signed to, to Eddie Hearn and Matt Drew making her eighth professional contest. Kieran Conway's actually on that card as well, as we were talking about him a little bit earlier. Uh, Scottish super middleweight John Doherty. We've got Thomas Whitaker-Hart, the debut of April Hunter. And then we've got Martin Bacola, who was supposed to be fighting Gabriel and Guima, but has got a last-minute replacement, as confirmed in the last 24 hours, as Kevin Kingpin Johnson, my good old mate Kevin, who was on the life and times of a few months back, talking about his journey through boxing. If you've not listened to that, go and have a listen. Great story. And he stepped in, as always, at the last minute to give Martin Bacol his 15th professional fight this weekend. And, and interesting, because Martin Bacol is one guy that I think... Although he did lose to Michael Hunter uh, in in some circumstances that you know we're, we're, we're not going to go into them too much because it all came out afterwards and I think everybody's aware of of them conversations on social media. But you know this is a guy who, who what a lot of people are saying is he's an avoided fighter. His trainer Billy Nelson doesn't always help him because he obviously kind of really pumps him up a little bit and that puts the pressure on him, I think. But I want to see him get through Kevin Kingpin Johnson and then potentially in the next 12 months start fighting these bigger names in you know in the sort of back end of the top 10. And, and if he is going to go there and get to that top 10 level, then he's going to have to beat some of them top 10 guys. But he needs to get through Kingpin Johnson on Saturday, which I think he will. I think it'll be a, a good straightforward 12 round fight you know we know Kingpin we know he's probably not going to get stopped in this one it'll be a good win for him if he does stop him but I can see this kind of go in a distance I think it'll probably be be a 10 rounder to be fair and then also then we've got Lawrence Useki 9-0 against Ricky Summers on this particular card as well and, and that is the card in Newcastle on Saturday. It's a pretty decent card. It's probably one of the, the better ones that Eddie Earn and Matchroom have put on where you didn't have to pay for them because obviously it's got two good chief, chief support and headlining acts which I think are, are really worth watching this weekend. But before we you know bring the preview to a close... We just want to go. I just want to go through a couple of little bits of news that I've just been reading on social media today, Johnston, and just sort of bring them to your attention. You might have seen him, you might not, but it's not just for you, but it's for the listeners as well. And, and it'll be interesting to hear what the listeners have got to say about this on Twitter. So, in the last hour, it's been confirmed that Eddie Hearn will promote David David <laughs> David Avenintian versus Josh Kelly for Avenintian's European welterweight title. Date and venue yet to be confirmed. Purse bids were set for later today but Eddie Hearn's come in with a big enough purse, purse offer and he's going to be staging that fight, which is a fight we spoke about a couple of weeks ago after having Incian beat Lajaraga for the second time. A cracking fight. So, you know, unless Josh Kelly 
decides he wants to move up to super super welterweight, this fight looks like it's going to happen. So that's that's really good for boxing. Really, really good to see whether Josh Kelly is the real deal that they've made him out to be. And also, Marco Hook's team have won the purse bids to promote Marco Hook versus Joe Joyce for the European heavyweight title as well. So this is going to be another interesting fight for Joe Joyce. He's getting these names on his record, and although people may slate this choice of opponent, obviously fighting Marco Hook, he hasn't got much of a choice. You know, he's he's been made mandatory for the title as well, and so was Joe Joyce, so it needs to happen. But Marco Hook is obviously a cruiserweight, blown up to a heavyweight, and didn't really have the most successful of heavyweight careers, so you're kind of expecting off the bat this is going to be another way for Joe Joyce to, to get more ammunition behind him to say he's a bigger draw to get these fights in that we've been talking about over the past month or so. So two bits of news that are just coming out as we're recording this episode. What are your thoughts on that? Well, the, the Josh Kelly Avenincian fight is interesting. Um, I'm quite surprised that he's taken it. Um, credit to him. Um, it was obviously supposed to happen was it last year and then obviously he, he uh, pulled out due to illness um, and we've all seen what David Avienzian has gone on to do uh, against uh, uh, the Spanish fella La Rougiage Kerman Kerman just for me I'm telling you my pronunciation of these names is absolutely appalling and I do apologise if these fighters are listening but um uh, a shock. I'm I'm surprised, as I say. But you know, let's he, he, be honest. He's got the skills to do to to to, to win the fight. Um, it's just he just switches off for me during fights, and he has this stupid the, these stupid moments within fights where he just sort of backs up and allows them to just throw shots at him. And if he does that, he will get knocked out 100, percent or he will get hurt anyway, and it will get stopped. Hopefully, he doesn't do that. Um, you know, he's got both Adam both who's. You know, he's been there, done it, worn the T-shirt. He's, 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 and he, he probably, they fit quite well together, them two. Um, I think if he puts in a good performance and he does stay, he concentrates for the whole 10, 12 rounds, whatever it's going to be, he will win this fight. But saying that, oh, David Avianson, he seems to have had a had a resurge in his, in his career and he could well get the win. We'll see. Great fight. And then with Marco Huck and Joe Joyce, obviously, Huck is going to be on home turf then. Um and we all know, you know, in Germany, um, Joyce is going to need to bring it. He's going to need to be at him every round, every minute of the round. We all know he's got the engine. He can do it. And um, he's going to be big, he's going to be stronger. I think, as you say, Huck, for me, is a cruiserweight. He's not a heavyweight. Um, so I expect Joyce to do the business over there and get a win. He does need to be on it, though. Um, but good news. I mean, they're two good fights coming up and two fights for us to get our teeth into and look at, look forward to. Yeah, definitely. So it's been great to sit down to preview this weekend's action. And of course, if you've been listening to this episode, thank you very much for sticking with us. And also thank you very much for going on social media and sharing, rating, reviewing on the podcasting apps out there. It's really, really appreciated. Please make sure you press the share button or the retweet button on whichever social media platform you follow us on because it really helps get more exposure for the podcast and bring all our different series to all these different sets of ears so as always thank you to Johnston for being on the episode doing the preview for this weekend and for you fight fans we're going to see you next week for a post fight review plus next week you're going to get the career profile of Michael Spinks and we'll also look ahead to next weekend's action as Josh Taylor looks to go for greatness against Regis Pagrai thanks fight fans see you next time
Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.